Have you guys heard of Rakuten? It's where you can shop all your favorite stores online and make money. Yeah, you can make money. I have made thousands of dollars. Granted, I've been on it for a while, but if you're someone who's an online shopper, you need to sign up right now. And you can use my invite link. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N dot com slash R slash Divina 141. Rakuten.com slash R slash Divina 141. Happy shopping and make some money. Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Candice Ribello. She is a women's abundance seer and certified psychic medium, and she helps her clients embody their femininity, surrender, and thrive. She's been studying child and human development for 20 years. She studied somatic therapy and is a walking in your shoes facilitator. Uh, her seeing process helps her clients recognize patterns that have been hidden for years and melt the ice around this energy, awakening their deepest desires and feminine power. So as a medium, she connects them to guides and ancestors while holding a space of unconditional love that grants her mission to live in alignment with their truest calling. She has a home studio in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she travels the world holding breathwork events and transformative retreats. She's a lover of song and dance, was part of an epic cover band, and a dog lover. She's committed to helping parents and children develop a balanced understanding of one another. So here is Candice. know that you were spiritual, that you had some gifts. I want to say officially when I was 23 and I joined a channeling class and I saw that, oh, I was pretty gifted at this stuff, (laughs) but the spiritual aspect of who I was and my gifts, once I was learning it a little more in depth, I realized it was always there and I was always being protected and guided and kind of downloaded certain information for people and or for myself that was happening continually throughout my life. So um, there would be these little stints of, of time where I would be discussing something or a topic or sharing something with somebody. And it's like all this information was just channeled to and through me for them. And they would sort of, at the end of it, look stunned and shocked. And I, I wouldn't even remember what I had just shared And they would just say things like, how did you know all that? Or where did that come from? And I would be like, I don't know. What did I just say? And I wouldn't remember. Um, So that's sort of how it was happening throughout my life. And it wasn't until I sort of began to hone in on these gifts. Like I knew something was happening because of numerous synchronicities and very interesting phenomena that I was experiencing. So I thought, well, I should give a channeling class a, a try. And that's when it became more formalized in my early 20s. That's very common. I hear that with everybody. And for me, it also was probably college age, towards the end of college, so probably the same age. But do you believe that everybody is a medium? Absolutely. I believe anybody can learn. I think it's an art form. I think it's exactly like an art form, and I think it's like playing an instrument, right? Like some of us are going to be more gifted at playing a guitar than others. But if you put in the amount of time and effort it takes to learn the chords, the the notes, the everything, you're going to understand how to play the instrument. So I believe mediumship is um, intrinsically tied to humanity 
and what we're able to do and see and how we're able to perceive the other realms and dimensions. So I believe it's part of what humanity is, is here for, actually. And what advice would you give to somebody who is experiencing, I guess, seeing different spirits around them or maybe honing in onto like their clairaudience or clairvoyant, like what, and they're scared about it. Like what advice would you give to any of any people who are listening to this? Yeah. uh, This is why I love working with media mystic souls people mm-hmm. um, one-on-one because my advice is really to get the structure and the assistance you need to formalize the gift. When you formalize it, it becomes not scary. It becomes scary mm-hmm. at first because you're trying to do it alone. And I fully believe that this is actually not supposed to be a process where you're just out here doing this alone. Sure. I'm sure you can and anything's possible. Yeah. But when you have somebody to help you and walk you through the process and give clarity to those things that you're experiencing and why certain souls are coming to you for what reasons, what they need, um, how to have healthy boundaries in your life as a medium, these sorts of things, how to, how to ground. Yeah. So you're not carrying other people's energy and other spirits energy as you're, as you're going about your day. So really, I think, I feel it takes practice. It takes formalizing your gifts. It takes, being able to help those that you're seeing um, Mm -hmm. help them on the other side, because truly they're coming to you for a reason. You have a certain gift that they can see that most times the medium can't even fully see themselves yet. So when you practice and when you hone in, when you learn to have these sessions of connecting with spirit in a, I almost say like a democratic way where it's like, I choose when, where, and how I channel. Yeah. And I think that's very important for us channels to learn is like we don't have to be bombarded or scared by these gifts, but really it's these gifts are meant to uplift us and meant to transform our lives, other people's lives, and the souls who might need our assistance on the other side. So it's really, really impactful, really transformational. Just So to those people who are experiencing this phenomenon, I would say, Um, first of all, you're amazing and kudos to you and you already naturally have a gift and get some assistance, reach out to me or whoever you feel comfortable with to formalize the gift and be able to turn um, something that can seem scary into a triumphant story. Well said. And how do you have, I guess, boundaries or how – if somebody is getting a lot of spirits at them at one time, probably like overactive crown chakra, obviously, but how do they establish boundaries with the spirits that come through? So what I do, and there are numerous ways to do this. Remember channeling is an art form. There are so many beautiful spiritual ways to do different things. What I find most effective for myself is channeling with my guide so the kind of mediumship I do is actually channeled mediumship so I'm actually connecting with my gatekeeper guide first and they're Mm -hmm. the ones bringing me the information or connecting to the spirit and yes I Candice can also experience it and feel it but really the information is being channeled through my own guide 
that guy mm-hmm. is acting as my gatekeeper, as the energetic boundary and resource for me to filter what is good for me, what is not, to have healthy boundaries as to not be bombarded all day because it's like that protective barrier that's with me mm-hmm. at all times and especially when I'm in a channeling state. So they sort of keep order to things, if you will. My gatekeepers act as like a, all right, get in line. You know, we'll get we'll get to you one by one. Let's not let's not overwhelm her. It's that sort of vibe. And I think all of us, not I think, I know, if you're a medium, best believe you have and you're medium mystic and you have these gifts that you're noticing starting to bubble up, you're going to have a guide and or guides who are there to support you. You just need mm-hmm. to learn how to utilize them as well. It's almost like coming to a conference table, right, and saying, all right, delegating, all right, this guide, you do this, please, this guide, you do that. And sometimes we don't even know them yet. So it's a matter of, again, meeting the guide and then seeing what their assigned work is naturally and then sometimes assigning and asking for the things that you need specifically. Spirit is here to help us. We are here to be Mm -hmm. aided at this time. So they want to help. A lot of times we just have to be specific on what we need help with. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And how would you also advise people who, how they deal with their friends and their family who are probably not as spiritual? They're afraid of the judgment and the ridicule that they'll receive. How would you kind of advise them to deal with it? So I see this in almost all of my mediums, and Mm -hmm. it is a little bit of a, how shall I say, this is where there's two sides to the coin of mm-hmm. mediumship yeah one side is it's amazing you can connect with spirits on the other side you can help them heal you help their loved ones there's so much healing that comes into place the other side of that is yes you will be judged by family friends those close to you they either will not believe you or you're you'll start encountering their own shadows in this journey as a medium you're going to be placed on a path of personal development for the rest of your life there is no right and there's no getting there's no getting out of like that you can't escape it so Um, You have to understand that this path is a path of deep responsibility to grow on a soul level continually that will never stop. And what this means is some of the people that you're closest to right now will actually fall away. And I see it all the time. And what I say to these people is to let to surrender and let go with love. This doesn't mean that this person can never be a part of your life, but typically how people from our past show up in our lives as we become mediums, it shifts, things change. Some people need to fall away. Dynamics will shift. You will start to notice things about your shadows and their shadows and and how, you know, there's certain things that you're not going to be able to help them to do or see. And you have to align with the fact that we're all here on our free will and we're all here to grow at our own pace. And we have to sort of throw our hands up sometimes and say, okay, I, I cannot control this situation. I cannot control how this person is going to react to me, but I can control myself. I can control my commitment to growth. I can control my commitment to my mm-hmm. gift and to serve a higher source or to serve my clients, however you want to put this, in the most beautiful and profound way I can. So it's it's inevitable and it's going to happen where some people are are going to judge you and people are going to fall away. And I would say, take it in stride, take it with love. It's almost part of the initiation, if you will, of becoming a medium. I I totally, totally agree. 
So what exactly is walking in your shoes and how do you use it with your clients? Oh, um, I love talking about walking in your shoes. So walking mm-hmm. in your shoes is a somatic inquiry process where we're able to pull back the blinders um, mm-hmm. of our conscious minds, if you will, and go deep into different themes in our lives by accessing the wisdom of the body. So the body is all-knowing and all-seeing. We just oftentimes don't know how to move energy through our body or how to listen to the body and what its needs are and how it wants to bring certain things in our lives into completion and show what the missing experience has been for that theme in your life. So essentially with a walk, we frame a walk. The first part of a walk is to frame a walk, which means setting the groundwork. What is it that you want to walk? Yes, we can Mm -hmm. walk your life's work. We can walk your spiritual gifts. We can walk your relationship to money. We can walk your relationship to your mother. We can walk um, your, your liver. If you're having liver problems, you know, we can walk organs. We can walk, we can walk anything under the sun. You know, I've even seen theater people use this where they're walking a, a character that they're developing for a play you know you can use this for absolutely anything so once we've framed a walk then I would facilitate that client walking it for themselves or I can walk it for them or have somebody else say if we're doing a group workshop I can have somebody else walk it for them if they want to hang back and actually observe their own pattern and the beautiful thing is the field of all that is, is always connected at all times. So it doesn't matter if somebody knows you or not. In fact, it can be better if they don't know you um, to walk something for you. So I remember my first walk was my life's work and it was so accurate and on point and I walked it myself and it was this whole beautiful somatic experience of my body being overly emotional at first and overly connected to everybody's emotions and, and problems, if you will. And it, mm. and it, sort of evolved into me strengthening myself and understanding what tools I needed to aid my growth to actually help them through these things while not taking on all of their pain. So I was learning boundaries and I was learning refinement and and I was able to see that my spiritual gifts were aiding the process as well. And I was also able to see what the missing experience was in that journey, which was I needed to also sing, dance, play. I needed outlet to bring my life into harmony. So I will never forget that first walk because it showed me, okay, this is my life's work. It helped me commit to my path even deeper because I felt it so deeply. I felt so connected to source. I felt so connected to myself and my soul and my truth and my authenticity. And that's why I love these walks because they can pull somebody out of confusion and plop them right back into the energy that they need, whether that's peace, authenticity, whatever their body needs, whatever their soul needs to bring themselves back into true, into true north, if you will, is going to show mm-hmm. up in that walk. So that's why I love it so much because it's a process to deeply heal, to deeply grow, to deeply ground. And yeah. it's, quite effortless because it's done through the body all I have to do is keep you out of your head and the story of things and keep you into the feeling of okay where's that emotion coming from where do you feel it most in your body I keep you grounded in your body so we let the body tell a story and it's it's perfect and it's spontaneous each and every time and it's just beautiful it's beautiful I love it it sounds great when I heard that you were facilitated I said what is walking in your shoes and I want to hear you explain it I mean, it, it's so 
simple, but it's like, it's very powerful. It's not just, wow, it could be very transformative. And you do also breathwork detox. What is that exactly? Yes, I do. So I use, I, I use many different tools. Yes, there's so many tools to help us release stagnant energy in the body. Breath work has sort of been, honestly, like the cherry on top of all the tools I have. Um, it's like if mediumship is the cake and walking in your shoes is the frosting, it's like the, the breath work is like the cherry on top, literally. Um, breath, work, it, breath work detox is basically a way to release trapped emotions and stagnant energy in the body that you have had for likely years <laughs> sometimes wow. even eons if it's if it's trapped stuff traveling with the soul yeah so um mm-hmm. breath work is a way to clear out all the energetic nadis in the body so we have thousands of nadis in our energetic body which is like these energetic veins if you will that's sort of how i like mm-hmm. to think of them and they carry the metabolic energy that we yeah. need to sustain the soul being in this body day in and day out so when we start to clear those we start to have and breathe in a specific breathing pattern that you know that i guide people in in this process we start to um reach states of transient hypofrontality, which is when the monkey mind finally begins to quiet and you receive deep, 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 deep um, sense of wisdom. You have deep clarity in your life. You have spontaneous healing. You literally have powerful visions. It's like a whole third eye experience as well. Lots of DMT is released into the body during this breath work. And DMT is the the spirit molecule. It's responsible for you astral projecting every night as you dream. It's responsible for, it's the molecule responsible for psychedelic experiences um, and ayahuasca. So we can actually release this molecule naturally in our body through this breathing pattern. And when we do, our connection to spirit heightens, our connection to ourself and our highest vibration um, heightens as well so that we can start to really reach our goals faster, quicker, and more efficient with the wisdom that we need to move forward. A lot of times you're seated with the information that you need to move forward or what needs to be cleared out. Um, It's different for everyone, right? What we all need at a specific time is going to be different from the next person. I will say I breathe continually. Each and every session is completely different than the next. It's like one thing after the other after the other. So the things that we're clearing out, and what we're stepping into, it's it's completely different each and every time. So that's why breathwork is truly a practice. And I incorporate it into my packages with my clients because it's just a powerful way to empty the cup and to receive the insight that they need. And what's beautiful is they're bringing that experience in themselves. It's not just me reading for them or connecting to their guides for them or connecting to their ancestors for them, but they can really experience it themselves if they've not given them themselves full permission to do so prior. So it's a beautiful way to crack the door open. Fabulous. And it could be used with things like Reiki also to enhance the experience because a lot of Reiki, with uh, with Reiki, it's, you need a lot of breath work and a lot of visualization and the release I think it would just am I right like it it, it helps totally it, right so yeah. so so some of the um, the facilitators I were trained with some of them absolutely had Reiki certifications I've done energy healing certifications as well yeah, um right. there is there is I will say whatever your auric field is already coded with will tend to be um what your clients experience in session with you so when I first started to do breath work 
a lot of my clients were <laughs> coming to me like, hey, I saw a guide. Hey, my grandmother came to me. Hey, I had this real, I had this or yeah. this spirit come and tell me something. So really my guides were starting to show me like, because this is already in your org field, when you're guiding somebody into their own experience, your field is almost in a way informing their own so that they can access something that they couldn't otherwise if you weren't present. And so that's true. Think of all the different medicines every other single healer holds. Yeah. So if there's a Reiki practitioner, if there's if there's somebody who can um, clear past generational stuff, which I, I do as well, right? All these things, if your facilitator is already leaning towards something, best believe that's going to influence your breathwork session in a very profound and beautiful way. Beautiful. And have you done ayahuasca or helped your clients uh, like mushrooms, stuff like that? I've done um, psychedelic journeying. I've not done, I would say, too much of it. I've actually only done one ayahuasca ceremony, and it's still, I, I literally, I'm still integrating that one experience because things and visions come back up from that experience, and I'm like, oh, that's what that meant um, because it's so profound, and the amount of information that I got in that just that one sitting was was profound. I mean, it was beautiful. Like I said, it's still unfolding. I've definitely done um, sacred mushroom journeying as well. It's not something that I guide my clients in, but I do, Mm -hmm. you know, recommend whoever, whenever possible, if you can find yourself a great shaman or healer who facilitates these things and you know and trust them and perhaps ideally have somebody who's already done it with them who can share their experience with you and and you know it's safe and profound and healing and helpful and they can help you integrate and they can help you through the journey i highly mm-hmm. suggest these experiences because again they can help us connect to the otherworldly things that we don't always get to see with a naked eye that can really help shift and transform energies and blocks in our lives so i actually very much think ayahuasca and mushrooms and other um, psychedelic and psychotropic um, experiences can be extremely healing, very much so. Very much, I agree. And would you say that, sorry if this is like a little ignorant, but would you say that all mediums are clairaudient? No, that is not a ridiculous question at all. So first of all, thank (laughs) you for asking that. Um, You know, I see... I see a plethora of different things mediums can do. It's really funny because I actually met a medium once whose like greatest sense was taste. <laughs> like she Ooh, could taste things. Okay. Like she could she could taste things that you know the spirit when they were on this side, things that they love to eat and the things that they were like craving. Um, so yeah. that's very interesting. But no, there is no like cookie cutter way to to literally being a medium, right? If you're thinking of something as like seemingly silly as being able to taste what the soul wants, that that spirit wants, you think about that and really it's all senses. It's any and all senses and you can call in and invite any others through development and through practice that you feel you are not that good at. It's development. It's it's like school, right? That's literally what I work with with my mediums, I help them attune to hearing spirit, to opening, mm. to surrendering to whatever they're hearing so that they don't just think they're making it up. Cause that's one of the main issues I have in teaching most of my clients is you're going to feel like you're making this up, but you're not. That's exactly how it feels in the beginning. You kind of have to exercise that muscle of just trusting it in the beginning. And then it starts to refine itself out a little bit more, the more you practice and the more you do it and the more you commit but I've seen mediums whose greatest um, gift is clairaudience where they can hear or um, 
my one of my greatest is um, Claire. I forget the Claire that's site. Is that Claire Sentient? Claire Uh yeah, so so my vision, Clark my Fenton. third eye vision is Yeah. Ooh, I, You're right. I'm sorry you broke up Claire, a little bit, but yeah, that's Claire, that's Claire my, Sentient. Yes. Claire Sentient. Okay, yes, perfect. Yeah. So Claire Sentient is definitely uh the gift that I have most, I would say, power mm-hmm. um at this time as well as Claire audience. So definitely my hearing and my third eye, my ability to see are my, my strong suit. So that's what I help my clients with the most. And I would say those are the most tangible. Yeah. But you can also feel my body also mirrors emotion and can mirror sometimes pain, not in a horrific way, but I can sometimes tell, Oh, they, they passed from a drowning experience or, Oh, they had a, you know, something going on with the right part of the brain or, you know, I could typically feel those things. So um, the body as well, mirroring with the body and of course, emotions, most mediums are really tapped in already to the emotional states of those on the other side. So um, I use whatever they come with and we strengthen that and then we, we start calling in others as well. I see. So you're kind of like me, you're like a medical intuitive in a way. Very in medical. a way, that's not, yeah. it's not my strongest suit, but not I your can, strongest, with, of course. Yeah, with my clients and with those who have passed away. Um, I could typically tell. So, so here's how it typically comes. If I can uh-huh. usually feel the pain in the body or the discomfort mm-hmm. of how the spirit passed away or how the client is feeling in the moment, it's because they're still very identified with the pain and how they passed away is still a trauma for them. So they're so identified with that feeling that that's sort of I what's see. coming up first and what's being mirrored in my body so so then I'm able to access it and say oh okay so I'm feeling if I'm feeling the lungs filling up with water I know they drowned and I know it was very traumatic and they had a hard time letting go of how they passed away and this sort of thing so we kind of help clear that energy up it's not with all but it can be with some so it varies it varies on what the soul needs in that moment so ha- be honest, this is a funny question, but how annoying is it when people find out you're a medium and they go, is anyone coming up for me? Is anyone here? Um, it is a little bit annoying, not going to lie. It is a little bit annoying because uh, it's, uh, I wouldn't say, okay, so there's a couple ways to say it, right? It can be annoying because it's right. like, oh, they everyone wants access. Once they find out, they're just like, oh, yeah. me, 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 me. Oh, my God so annoying when people like ask me what do you see for me (laughs) but but then I'm like you know I would what I typically say to them now is I would have to go into a full session with you to know because I have boundaries and my gatekeepers in place so that I'm not constantly picking up energy and I'm not constantly picking up on these spirits who want to say something um, to you immediately granted there are exceptions to this rule because sometimes it still happens I'm not going to lie um, mm-hmm. there is sometimes where I'm like sitting with somebody and talking and then all of a sudden I can see their grandmother from their father's side who comes with a very specific message about their dating life or their love life or something, you know, very, very honed in on, you know, and grandma's really persistent, like, please tell her this. And I'm like, all right, grandma, I'll tell her, let's see how she takes this. And usually it's, they, yeah. they hear it with love and usually it's this heart opening experience. Um, 
So it varies, but that I tend to not do that because again, I keep myself grounded in the authenticity uh, and the value of my work, our work, right? Which is we have to keep it authentic. We have to keep it pure. We have to have boundaries with this work. We have to honor ourselves and we have to step into our full power with this work. And that comes with, you know, charging what we need to charge. That comes with boundaries so that not just anybody has access to us. And, and that's how we, I believe, as mediums begin to thrive when we believe in ourselves, when we know our value and we have our boundaries in place. Beautiful. So can you share like maybe the craziest story from being a medium, like talking to anybody, no names obviously, but anything that was really amazing that would give people chills. Mm, okay. I, yeah, the first story that pops into my head actually was one I did for, this was with family. So this was um, actually more towards the beginning of my mediumship journey. I already knew I was mediumistic um, mm-hmm. and, and I was already doing, you know, readings. My cousin, um, you know, kept telling me that her whole family keeps seeing a spirit in the house and it's like very creepy and it freaks them out and and she has a hard Mm -hmm. time sleeping. She feels like it's very much in her room. And so I was like, you know, why don't we just do a session and see, because this is like what I do with my mediumship gifts, right? Is I can clear ghosts. I can clear spirits who are stuck or trapped or really associated with a space or a house who are a Mm -hmm. lot more, let's say dimmed in light. And I can take them, back to source, if you will. I don't know if it's source completely, but I know it's a higher stage, a higher level. At least I can leave them with some ancestors who are in a higher vibrational space. So we're sitting in their living room. And Mm -hmm. funny enough, I didn't expect, I thought it was just going to be me and her. But when my other cousins and my brother found out that I was going to be doing it, they all wanted to like watch and join in. And I was like, oh, really? You guys want to like join in? They're like, yeah, of course. So then I had myself and about a couple cousins and my brother who were all like, all right, let's do this. So I start channeling and immediately I connect with this spirit. Oh, mind you, before, before I keep going, um, mm-hmm. about, there were like three cousins and my brother. So it was like my cousin, her fiance, who is our husband now. So it was like my cousin as well, my cousin-in-law and her sister, uh, her, her husband was, super, super skeptical, doesn't believe in this stuff at all, but yet was still super curious. Yes. So joined in. And um, so I connected in, in the channeling session, I connected with this spirit. I called this spirit forth with myself and my guides and this spirit was there immediately. And what's wild is the moment that this spirit was called into the room, the entire space went cold and it was, it was not a cold. It was like during the day. Yeah, it was like during the day, it was, you know, in Los Angeles, when is it ever like freezing cold here? And all of a sudden, the room just got super cold. And I even opened my eyes a little bit while I was channeling because I almost felt like, oh, my God, like, I almost felt like I was going to be able to see my breath in the room. That's how cold and how suddenly the temperature shift shifted. And so um, I'm connecting with this spirit, and it's a very, in Spanish, we would call this spirit a machismo spirit, which means okay. it's very um, leaning towards the masculine energy and didn't want to hear what I had to say or didn't want to heal and let go because I was a female. Because I was a woman, this spirit didn't like me and wouldn't take my word as truth. So what I had to do with my guides was actually get my brother and my cousin's husband, funny enough, the skeptic in the room, I had to get them to sort of I was feeding them the words 
to say to this soul so that the soul would listen to them because they were the males in the room and lift into the light and let go of judgment and let go of pain. And it turns out this, that this soul was very abusive to his wife, to his children wow. or to his son. And so this soul was stuck. Yes, the soul was trapped in unworthiness and unloved, never felt love itself. So didn't feel like he was worthy of the light to be able to transcend, didn't even know what that meant. So it was through my brother and through my cousin's husband that this soul was able to let go and actually transition. But it's very interesting because I never met a soul that it needed to come from a male. Like it could not come from me, even if I was channeling a guide because I was a woman, this soul would not listen to me for, for anything. So, um, so that happens. The soul actually transitions and we can feel it and you could feel the temperature in the room start to come back to its base level again and warm up. And um, mind you, I wasn't saying anything about the temperature um, during the session. But once we came out, I was like, yo, did you guys feel that shift of temperature? And my cousin's husband, who was the biggest skeptic, was like, oh, my God, feel my hands. And his hands were cold. And he was like, I cannot believe it. He's like, Candace, I never get cold. Like, you don't know this about me, but literally, and Aaron, his wife, my cousin is like, yeah, no, he's always, he actually always runs hot. He never is cold ever. He's like, feel my hands. And his hands were like ice boxes. So, um, and he was the one that the spirit was most connected to, to help him move on. So he felt the temperature shift probably the most right after me. And so the whole thing was just a very beautiful experience because the biggest skeptic in the room was actually the one responsible for helping this soul really move on, had a very physiological experience with the energy, with the temperature in the room. So um, that was, I think, really fun because the intention was never to like prove that I'm a medium or anything, right? But it was just to help this soul and, and this beautiful profound experience happened nonetheless to kind of enlighten us all and show us all um, what's possible. I feel like it's always like that. It's like you always turn the skeptic into the believer after like this amazing story. It's just, I love it. I love to see the faces when they're just shocked when I, you know, figure out something that no one else would know. It's so fun. Yeah. How mm-hmm. fun is it? It's so fun. It's it's literally it's it's very fun. That's and that's the stuff within mediumship that I you know I tell my mediums all the time. Like, don't forget, you're gonna this is fun, and you're gonna help transform people's lives and their beliefs about spirit and what they feel is possible. They're never gonna be the same after you. (laughs) It's so fun. Oh my god, this was a great conversation. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Reach out to if they want a reading. All good stuff. Yes. The best place to find me is on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Um, it's at Candice Rebollo. So that's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-R-E-B-O-L-L-O at Candice Rebollo on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. If you type in Candice Rebollo as well, I will come up. These are the best places for now. You can also reach me um, at my email, which is reboyocandice at gmail.com for now. Um, there's other stuff coming. So this is the best place. Again, Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of me. And you can ask me any questions, anything about my packages as well that I do with clients because I serve people at different levels, whether they want to be a medium, whether they're just working on somatic healing, whether they just want some breath work, whether they want some human design and astrology. And then I also have my bigger packages where I combine it all and we get the most bang for our buck, if you will. And I can really help 
shoot you, launch you into your dreams and your gifts like never before. So if you have questions, if you want also just a personal mediumship reading, please reach out to me on Instagram and I will answer all of your questions and help you get situated. Amazing. Thank you again, Candice. We'll be in touch. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun combo. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm so excited for this next partnership. I love CBD. I love hemp. They have both helped me so much in my wellness journey. And I'm always open to partnering with amazing brands that can help others. And Feel Good Hemp was started by Noah. Noah's father was diagnosed with cancer and he was on a mission to heal him. And that's what he did. He created this amazing brand of tinctures, gels, and bombs the bomb is called the bomb it's really amazing it has the cleanest ingredients just oils and hemp what more can you want from that he's been so so sweet to give my listeners a code 25 percent off free shipping if you use the code divine 25 at checkout uh it's basically the subscription coupon but you're not subscribing you're just getting the deal what's better than that thank you noah we really appreciate you and yeah, so go to Feel Good Hemp and check him out. Divine25 at checkout. And let me know what you guys think about it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I'd really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.